nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good morning and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me is Rafa. Royce may be joining us. Uh, he said he was, but uh, unfortunately haven't uh, uh, connected with him this morning as of yet. Rafa, how are you? Uh, you're looking kind of nice uh, this morning. Yeah, good. I'm just starting my vacation, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Wait months after this, so. Um, so, and then excited for this past game on Friday to talk about big win. So we're looking forward to that and coming up and then up for the upcoming game on Tuesday. So for me, I'm just coming back from vacation. So, uh, uh, we'll see here. I do have a couple more days off this week here. Um, that's why I wasn't sure if, if we were going to be doing the show today or not. Uh, but, uh, we are um so um first of all uh just want to say with all the news this week get out and vote we've got to vote um yeah i know people are like hey you know you know especially on social media hey you know where 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 is club statements in regards to it to me, we need action, not statements. And and the only action that we can do at this point is by voting. Um, and and like I said here, I don't, you know, obviously I, I prefer a certain a, a certain type of party to be voted out uh, right now. But you know, that's not for me to tell you what to do. But uh, like, like I said here, there's you know, if, if you want change uh, and and real change to take place. Uh, you know, get out and vote because uh, that's that is that is that is what's important here uh, for that here. And Rafa, any any thoughts that you have? Uh, you know, without you know you know whether you know it's on this week's big news because uh, there's just so much. Um, you know, or or just in general for opening statements. Just like I guess it was a interesting week with, I guess, me being a former. <laughs> history teacher and teaching government and so forth. So like you mentioned, I can't already, yeah, go, go out and use your, your, your constitutional duty and go out and vote. And like I said, you know, you know, everybody has unalienable rights and stuff to do it. And I, I don't think one, one person should tell another person what to do with their life, especially, especially with their bodies. Like I said, that's that's that should, that should be left up to them. But like I said, it's important to go out and vote. You know, you vote. You think voting is not important? It is because 
it does create change. And, you know, some other countries don't have that, right, have that opportunity to change, change things. So, you know, be humble about it and, and, and use that power to, and to go vote to make change for the better. What I found, I heard something on, I forget where I heard it from, um, you know, but this is specifically about Texas. So Texas has the perception of being a red state when in reality, we're a non-voting state. Uh, if you look at the majority of people that are able to vote, majority do not vote. Um, and so you know, for, for whatever reasons, you know, I, I know there's times that, you know, uh, you know, I didn't vote because of work. Um, you know, I didn't think it was important to take off the time to get off from work. I didn't ask, you know, along those lines, because, you know, getting that paycheck was more important. But I think we're finding out now um, and with with the news here, they're not stopping, you know, at abortion rights. They've already talked. Uh, they've already, you know, tipped their hands that, you know, saying, hey, there's a whole lot that they want to undo that that makes America great again. So, um, uh, or makes America great. Um, and through that here, I've always, you know, grown up, you know, where, you know, with the belief that I don't want the government knowing what happens in my bedroom. And unfortunately, it seems like that that is the direction um, that the country is going in uh, for that here. So just get out and vote. Like I said here, help people get out to vote. Um, you know, help people get registered uh, legally uh, for that here. And, you know, like I said here, that, that's the, that, that's my main message here uh, for that here. I'm done with the silly messages saying, hey, we stand up here. I want action, um, you know, along those lines. That, that's what really matters here. But moving on uh, for it here, just to kind of, you know, we're going to do uh, the lower leagues here first, just to kind of get... Uh, um, just to be able to cover that real quick here this morning here. And let's take a look here. All right. So looking at uh, here uh, for the UWS in first place is uh, FC Austin. Um, technically, you know, I know the UWS website has the Athenians listed first, but they're both on 16 points and Austin did win the Head-to-head head. coming up this weekend, uh, I believe it's this weekend, uh, July um, July uh, 1st, uh, yeah, Friday night, uh, the Athenians travel up to Austin at the 7.30 kickoff, uh, so you'll have first and second place, uh, the only loss that the Athenians, or oh, actually I stand corrected, they tied here in San Antonio. Uh, the only loss that San, uh, that the Athenians have is to Luxoria for here, who's in third place. Uh, the runners are in fifth place here with six points here. Um, you know, five games played, so, you know, they've still got a couple of games in hand. Uh, runners' next match uh, is on Wednesday. Uh, they play Central Texas Hornets uh, at 730 uh, for that here. Uh, so basically for the, you know, the runners here, they play Wednesday, you got the Athenians that play Friday and you got the runners that play uh, Luxoria on Saturday. And then the runners actually travel to uh, FC Austin on, on Sunday. So the runners have three matches this week, um, you know, in Cibolo, in Cibolo. So, 
in this weather. Hopefully it cools off. <laughs> I think not, it is going to cool off. <laughs> so, and, and we talk about player safety. Um, and I know uh, UWS and WPSL and, and you know, you know, uh, all the lower leagues need to kind of work on this. But Wednesday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, um, in the middle of summer, that that's a lot. That's a lot of that's a lot of playing time. Uh, you know, for that here. Moving to the WPSL uh, uh, South here. Uh, a AHFC Royals uh, on uh, pretty much um, uh, you know uh, <clears throat> with eight games played up with 16 points the Blossoms at nine games played at 15 uh, Challenge Red Devils uh, 14 uh, seven games played at 14 points they were the the leader at the last time that we checked here they only got one loss so they've got a couple of games so those are the top three. Um, you got Houston Aces uh, in fourth place, and at the bottom, uh, San Antonio Surf and Corinthians FCSA um, through here. However, like I said here, you know, I know it doesn't look like it, but the Surf have made much improvements this year. Uh, a lot more competitive uh, for here. You know, Record-wise, may not show it, uh, but last year, you know, they were struggling scoring goals and, and even being competitive, where this year the, the games are a lot more competitive. And they did also pick up a win and a couple of draws. Um, the Corinthians, like I said here, eight games played, one, five, and two. Uh, like I said, haven't been able to get out and catch them as of yet here. Let me see uh, what their schedule is here. Hold on one minute here. Sorry. Choose conference. So their season's actually wrapping up fairly quickly here. Uh, so the surf play, let's make sure they're not playing today. Uh, so the surf traveled to Houston today. Corinthians actually have a home match against AHFC Royals uh, today at the Cibolo Multi-Event uh, Center uh, at 7 o'clock. On Wednesday, the surf hosted Houston Aces as well. Uh, for that here, and then Lone Star, pardon me, uh, Blossoms host Lone Star, you know, classical elite Lone Star battle, uh, you know, on the first on, on Friday, and Corinthians travel to uh, challenge Red Devil uh, there in Klein High School, and then uh, the you know the following weekend on July second, uh, Surf travel to AHFC. And through there, so the WPSL is actually wrapping up fairly quick, quickly here. Such a short season for you know, for, uh, uh, for them. And then you know for the Lone Star, they do have points per game uh, right now. Laredo Heat, uh, 2.4, 22 points, uh, a record of 7-1-1. Are uh, ahead of uh, Corinthians uh, SC of San Antonio at 2.3, 23 points. Uh, they do have that extra match played, 7-1 and 2. Uh, the defending uh, NPSL champions, uh, Denton Diablos, uh, uh, eight games played, 16 points, so they could jump uh, back up into it at 5-2-1. and one. Uh, Brownsville uh, also at uh, two points per game, nine games played. Um, and then, like I said here, uh, you, know, it, you know, goes to Irving FC, Lubbock Matador, CF10 you know, Houston, uh, Fort Worth Vipreros, which to me is kind of a surprise with, with their history. 
Coyotes and Austin United bring up the rear at uh, you know at four points a point four uh, for that here. So Corinthians uh, SC of San Antonio doing a good job in their first year in NPSL. Very tough conference there with Laredo and Denton. Any thoughts on the the lower league standings on where we're at here? Uh, Corinthians is in good shape. You know because they're winning striking distance. You know. Into the playoffs, uh, I, I think the surprise has been Laredo Heat. They've been kind of surging, you know, this past few weeks, and uh, I think they had a big win versus Denton. I think this past week, uh, so uh, I guess it's going to probably going to come down to the, you know, between Corinthians and the Heat as far as the top spot. Uh, we'll see if Denton can can <laughs> they can make a a late surge on this, but. What can you say about Corinthians? It's a great season for them on their first year there. And then for the other, you know, I guess for the other lower teams, for the, you know, for the women, uh, like I said, Athenians still, still in striking distance, kind of, kind of a mirror image of last year. You know, they were kind of mm-hmm. a game behind, you know, Austin lead. And then they made that little surge to get to the, to the final four. So, and then, and then the other teams, like I said, Coming along, improvements by surf, and we'll see. We'll see how that how they hopefully they'll finish strong in the season. So, looking at the schedule here, um, Laredo Heat plays CF10 Houston. Uh, they play FC Brownsville on July 6th, and then July 9th, which is the big one, um, uh, is uh, Laredo Heat and Corinthians uh, SC of San Antonio. Um, at Texas A&M International, uh, Texas A&M International University, uh, whereas the Corinthians, they travel down July 2nd to FC Brownsville, and then they play Laredo Heat, you know, on, on 9, it, it says at 8.15 uh, for that here. So just out of curiosity, traveling down, you know, down in Brownsville and Laredo is, is, it's a different environment than playing up here, right? Um, yeah. Along those lines here, so it'll but that'll definitely be an interesting match to to try to follow and and to catch if you can. Um, but not this Saturday, but the the following Saturday, right? The ninth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Corinthians is going to have to deal with that extreme heat in Laredo. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's going to be over 100 degrees even before even well, even. <clears throat> That and Brownsville, uh, like I said, because Brownsville is also pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think that one's more with the humidity. The humidity that's <laughs> is going to kind of catch up to them. But if, as long as, like I said, I think I think the main thing is if they can knock off Laredo Heat and maybe come out some points from Brownsville, they'll remain in the top two. Yeah, and and you're right. Uh, Laredo on June 23rd uh, went up to uh, Denton and won three to one uh, for here. I will say for for Denton Diablos, their schedule seems to be much more favorable. They got four matches left. Uh, they got Austin United FC. They've got two matches against Lubbock Matadors. Uh, one in Denton, one in in Lubbock. And then a match um, against uh, the Coyotes FC. So this uh, th- there's there's a lot of you know th- there's there is a lot of games still left to be played in a very very short period of time. Um, but don't sleep on Denton, even though they're in third place here, uh, where you know where they do have you know th- those those two extra games and two well one and two extra games in hand. 
um, over over Corinthians and uh, Laredo. They're they're scheduled down down the match uh, down down the um, down the end. Now the only the only favorable thing for that is three out of the four are on the road, so they got to go uh, June thirtieth down to Round Rock, home against uh, you know Lubbock on the second. July sixth they travel to Temple, and July 9th, they travel to Lubbock. So you know. And, and they're not traveling like San Antonio FC or, you know, top teams either. So as somebody that's just been through <laughs> Lubbock <laughs> and all over Texas and <laughs> getting, getting out to up to Colorado, it's not an easy drive. <laughs> yeah. The wear and tear. Yeah. Uh, for that here. So, all right. So that's lower leagues here. Uh, tr tried to see if, if uh, Royce was going to pop on, um, but doesn't look like it here at this point here. So we'll get into the news and notes of uh, San Antonio uh, FC uh, for that here. So the first thing here on the 22nd, um, this is per Kevin Bass and, and SAFC communications team. Uh, they added a former player, although briefly, uh, was it Saeed Abdul Sablam? Uh, that comes to us uh, from MLS. Uh, for that here, he last played for the crew. Uh, he is a versatile defender, um, center back. I think right back was, you know, if you look at Fop Mop is, is his preferred position. Uh, interesting fact, he did play for five matches uh, in uh, San Antonio FC. Um, and he also has some uh, time with Seattle in, in the 2019 MLS Cup uh, winning squad with Justin and Jordy. So thoughts on having uh, Abdul Salam back, uh, like I said here, you know, he was here briefly with us, uh, but uh, he seems like a pretty solid addition. Yeah, I think, I think one, one of the big issues we're, com I guess, coming into these games is, is, is adding depth to the defense and, he has experience, you know, he's familiar with San Antonio you know, being in this area and, and he's a great pickup because, uh, you know, when you play a three back system, you know, and especially with Manly out and a couple of other guys, you know, we, you know, if Garcia, like I say, we had to miss a game with Garcia because of cards and, you know, Tanner hopefully doesn't get any more cards, you know, he could miss a game. And then, you know, with the injury with Kamiri on, you know, when him, he had to come out because of that ha that hamstring, you know, so it, it made sense to like, you know what, we need to bring another defender to add the depth just in case we drop someone, we can plug someone back there in, the, in there. And hopefully, like I said, once we get 100% healthy, you know, we're going to we're going to be loaded on, on the defensive side. So it's a great pickup and he's back and you know, hopefully maybe we'll see him on Tuesday out there playing on Tuesday. So it does seem like we are having a little bit of technical issues. I'm showing that it's um, must be my internet. So a little bit through here uh, that it's, I guess my camera is not showing a whole lot um, and through there here. So I do apologize about the technical difficulties here on our side here. Everything looks good, but yeah, we're going through and looking at Facebook and, um, and Twitter here. The video isn't coming through as strong here, but I don't want to stop and re reboot the the internet here because then that'll cancel out the show. So, apologize about the uh, technology issues this week here. I'll definitely work on it to see what's going on and why we're having these issues here. 
today here. I'm not sure. Um, let me get back over here. Starting lineup, uh, Jordan, Tanner, Kamiri, Garcia. Uh, Maloney's Abu uh, Gomez, uh, you know, Nikki Larrera, uh, Sam Ederin, and uh, Santiago Patino. So, another uh, starting lineup. No PC to start. That thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, for that here, the where Abu has that starting position over PC, it seems like. Um, I thought San Antonio, you know, with this lineup came out very aggressive, very offensive and uh, focused in mind. Uh, to go against a, a very good Colorado Springs, um, who at home had you know put up some very impressive uh, scoring numbers here. Your thoughts on the initial lineup? I was a little surprised that PC wasn't on the lineup, but you're, we're going against Colorado, so I think Mercedes, uh you know, thought process was you know we got to be very offensive, so. Having Nicky Naranda's where we'll start. So we're going to have two attacking mids. And then, like I said, we had Shannon Gomez and Maloney's kind of our usual guys on the wing. Um, glad to see Patino up, you know, to start. You know, we need, we need in a sense, Dylan was out because of an illness. So he got the start. So we can see what he's going to do with, with Sam up, up front. So it was just an offensive minor because we, we all thought this is going to be pro probably a high scoring game. <laughs> Because you got, you know, Colorado's a high octane offense, and so we need people that can put the ball in the net. Are we back? Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned it was going to be a high scoring game. Yeah, because they made it. You know, like Colorado's been scoring tons of goals, and it's like, hey, we got to put our 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 high scoring guns up there. So, but like I said, that that wasn't that wasn't the case <laughs> for this game. Just trying to see if I can make some adjustments through here. All right, so let's take a look at the. So we're going to start out with the USL uh, highlight package. There is going to be a play where I am going to go to the ESPN Plus uh, um, uh, package because I don't think the the replay video does does a great job on the play of the game uh, and which earned main of the match here. So we'll go through here. So. Uh, let's look at the start of this here. A sunny start. What kind of fireworks lie in store? Top two teams in the Western Conference locking horns up in the Rocky Mountains. It's Colorado Springs taking on San Antonio on a Friday night in the championship. And he's a good person. <laughs> at least give me a hard time and poke me in the side or something. You're smiling the entire time while you're decimating my back line. Patino with a good ball. Yeah, Hernandez needs to finish that. But I think I think because of the turf, it bounced up on him. He wasn't able to get his foot around it. You can see that little bounce right there. When you bring Shin and Gomez to the right and Maloney to the left, but the space is still going to remain the same. Yeah, he wasn't able to wrap around it. Yeah, so this one here, the, the highlight package doesn't do a good job uh, with it here. So, what the personnel might look like, what the shape, those little curves right. that you can throw your opposition when you're so easy to read. 
in terms of so i think this is where it's at here might look like what the shape might look like those little tweaks can help you barry on the run barry is through barry around the keeper barry denied he gets back up what a second effort and now ripped wide so on on this play here, your thoughts on, on what happened? Because Barry does get behind the back line. Well, we fall asleep like on our I guess on their end of the field. If you look, we just allowed him space to bring the ball up, and nobody really pressured that, and that allowed Barry to kind of sneak, you know, through the back and able to receive that ball, but. You got to give yep. credit to Garcia. He kind of stuck with it. Great that he didn't follow him in the box. So like I said, he's he's beat there. Yeah. But you know, and Haji Berry normally puts those in the net. There, you can see Jordan kind of got caught a little flat-footed there. You know. But I think so. But I think Jordan causes just enough of a distraction yeah. with Barry. And, and I know uh, Garcia is also side-by-side -side at this point. And I know this is, as a goalkeeper, you're probably like, you know, Jordan's in a position where he shouldn't be. Uh, you know, either he has to come all the way out or, you know, you know stand back where he's kind of in the middle, as you mentioned here. Yeah. But I think right here where he, where, where he comes out and Garcia's right there, it pushes – it pushes Barry to you know to to his right there, to where Garcia is able to do his his outstanding play. And see, Barry should have um, shot the ball a little bit sooner, but also we kind of got lucky that Garcia and and Jordan didn't bump into each other. I think had they bumped into each other, that's a, a tap in for for uh, for Barry there. But you got to give it up to Garcia. He didn't quit on the play. He got the two big. Two big saves, and I'm sure he's. You're right. This this play though. starts off of a, off of a free yeah. kick, and if you see like kind of our guys in the mid. They just kind of straggled around. When you're so easy to read, see, we're not putting any pressure, and that's where Patino and Sam need to be pressuring. That's too much space, and see, they got it up to the midfield. But what a play by Garcia. Yeah. I mean, if, Gar if Garcia doesn't get defensive player of the week or on the top, on the defense, <laughs> on the team, uh, I don't know what, what do you, so I was thinking on that, but he truly deserves that. But I think that far just causes just enough a distraction yeah. to where it gave Garcia that opportunity to, yeah. to, to make the play. See, so, yeah, they score that. That changes the game. Yeah, you know, you know, we're not very good at playing catch up. You know, and that kind of showed last week against Oakland. Even though we did tie that game, you know, we struggled a bit. But this is in Oakland. This is Colorado. So it had been a lot different. Maybe a not different result. See how that space I kind of he needed to pressure that a little bit more. But it all started on the backside. Our our forwards have to pressure those guys to keep them from passing into their midfield. Another shot by Perry. Yeah. This is where you can be at your best if you're Colorado Springs against San Antonio. 
it's not often we get to see PC written with his full name. This whack from distance, giant rebound. And, that, and that's something we didn't see a lot there. You see how we pressure the ball at mm -hmm. high press? You know, one of the games I kind of look at, you know, as far as kind of against Colorado was that Monterey Bay game when that Monterey won that game. They had a lot of success pressing them high, and it made Colorado make a lot of mistakes. You know, and you saw right there the passing mistake. I didn't see a lot of that on this game. I think had we done a little bit more, I think we could have gone maybe a couple, uh, maybe another goal or, or two. Um, I think the the I think for SAFC's mindset on this, like, hey, you know, we need to get back quick because we don't want to get counterattacked, especially with the speed up front with Barry and. and the, and, and, and the rest of the uh, attackers from Colorado. And but if you look at the best best chance, we were caught forward. So it's one yeah. of those catch twenty twos um, for that here. And, and, and we'll kind of talk about once we get through the highlights here. The substitution pattern, you know, you can tell SAFC's being very cautious with players, like Patino as an example. Because uh, I think he could have played, he could have started the second half, you know, instead of just just playing, you know, playing the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, and then of course we did have injuries, you know, to um, Didi who had just Lord. subbed in at this point here. But this is got a little lucky there. But uh, what a move here to be able to set this up and create that space, though. I thought there, I thought PC kind of flicked that one, but on the replay, <laughs> he was taking credit for it. <laughs> but what a move by Didi there! He's being defended by two guys just to get that cross out, and I don't know. That's a one in a million home build shot there to try to tap it out, hit it off your own player. I'm sure PC, he don't mind taking credit for that. <laughs> And that did quiet the stadium. And Sam, this this is special here. I know Caldwell yeah. did a great job, but his move for you know by Sam is, is just just great. See, and you see how that was, that came from a bad pass. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we needed to do is press him a little bit more. And I think we could have gone another goal. And nice header there. And then that's the that's the ball game here as far as for the highlights here. How much longer can there possibly be? That's it. San Antonio's gone on the road and reclaimed the top spot in the league. And like I said, that was courteous of uh, ESPN Plus, YouTube, uh, USL, along those lines here uh, for that here. Big, big win, though. Uh, I don't think to be able to go into Colorado – and you know Colorado Springs, and to be able to pull that out, um, especially where you know switchbacks were the favorite uh, for that here is a, a huge win. Um, you know, it puts San Antonio uh, at this point top of of the West. However, the switchbacks do have a game in hand, um, so you know if, if they did win that game. Uh, technically they would be, but it also, to me, the more important point is head. the tiebreaker isn't total wins. It's how you do head-to-head. -head. So if 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 uh, San Antonio can at least get a tie when they play the switchbacks and if they end up equal on points, 
Uh, San Antonio now would have the head-to-head tiebreaker over over, over the switchbacks here. Uh, looking at kind of the, the stats uh, for the game here. And I'm sorry, I'm a little bit scattered uh, this morning here. Like I said, I drove uh, from, from uh, Colorado Springs down to San Antonio yesterday, so. And I think we've had their number the last few games. I think well, that's our well, second ever year. We, yeah, we, last year we went 3 0 and 4 0 and 1. Um, and yeah, they mentioned that. Still, and then, go ahead. So you, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, they had, they had uh, at home, they won 3 0 each time. Uh, they had the 1 1 draw um, last year, you know, in, in the game that uh, Patino got his red card and, and, uh, in my opinion, suckered uh, Colorado Springs uh, defender into also getting a red card by retaliating. Um, and then they won 3-1, I think, up there in, in, the, in the second match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so head-to-head, yeah, it's 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 showing uh, for right here, you know, it, you know um, San Antonio has really, really kind of stepped up here. When you look at the flow of the match and even the statistics, it's it seems like it's very one-sided. However, being at the game, and you know, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it as of yet, obviously. But being at the game, it felt a very even match. Now you knew Colorado Springs had the possession, and, and like I said here, it ended up being about 68% for Colorado Springs, 32% for San Antonio. Shots 15 to six uh, for Colorado Springs, four to three on target, uh, off target six to three. Uh, block shots, there were five of them. Corner kicks, which I think was the big difference in the game. And what I want to give a, a shout-out to, uh, the switchbacks had 14 corner kicks. We had two. And the, the games that we've struggled in has been off of set pieces. And I don't think that Colorado Springs <sighs> – I know they had two big chances. Uh, they missed both big chances. One of them, one of them that we saw, they had one counterattack, one counterattack. You know, they had ten shots in the box, five from outside. Each goalkeeper saved three shot, uh, three shots. But to me, for both teams being as offensively uh, talented as they are, the defenses from both sides, to be fair, stood strong on this one here, where. There were shots, but I don't, you know, outside of the Garcia save and outside of um, uh, Nikki's Nikki's miss on, on the Patino cross there, there wasn't a lot of, I don't want to say quality shots. Um, Chat really good chances. Because both defenses and, and, you know, just lock, pretty much locked down each other's side here. Um you know, the interesting thing to me um, is switchbacks had 423 passes. We had 203. Um, we only had 60% accurate passes to their 77%. Uh, you know, they had 52% uh, accuracy on long balls. Uh, they had, you know, where we had uh, 23%. Um, and, and I know I want to say it was... Um, uh Jonathan that uh you know John, Jonathan check from the striker Texas that pointed this out uh, initially here uh we had 13 interceptions they had six um, but we had 34 clearances um co- you know compared to seven I know especially in that second half 
it seemed like that they'd clear it, they'd boot it down, and then you know here comes here comes uh, Colorado Springs back down, and, and basically it was just you know rinse and repeat. Your your thoughts on this match? Um, it, to me, I thought it was it, it's a great win, but to me, you know, and I'm sure both teams both teams think that they left something on the field. Does that make sense? Yeah, where, where... I, I think I think more Colorado would probably feel that they left a lot than us because I think for you know it was an ugly win for us mm-hmm. as far as stat wise and but we've won games like that and we're not you know I think the commentators from the game mentioned that you know we're not we're not a possession team you know we're just trying to get the ball up the field quick as we can when we get the counters and you know. One thing we do, I think, still need to improve on is, like you mentioned about the, is is the passing accuracy. I think if we can improve and get into the seventy percent range, I think that'll create more chances. I think for our players, you know, put more balls in the net. Uh, I, I saw a lot of bad passing again, and that and that's the thing that could say, you know, we're we've kind of been lucky that hasn't been that hasn't hurt us yet. And then the one thing we've, you know. I think that hurt us last week was the set pieces when we allow that goal for Oakland. You know, we did a lot better job defending all those corner kicks. You know, we did a better job not defending and clearing out. Um, I think what we get caught on is when we do, we think we cleared it out and ready to go ahead and get the mindset of, hey, let's sort of start the counterattack, which, you know, it's, you know, like I said, the other team still has possession and then they, get, they end up scoring on us. So, I think that's a big improvement from this game to last game, um, you know, especially with this, this team. I mean, they're very opportunistic. So it's kudos to the defense there. Um, so it wasn't pretty, but sometimes, like I said, you're not going to win pretty games. Um, and, you you know, we're not the Brazilian national team. So, you know, you, you just got to grind. You got to grind it out. And, hey, you know, I think this team's built to win 1-0 games. And that's, and that's what it showed on Friday. This team is built to win in the playoffs mm-hmm. because these are the type of matches that you see in the playoffs where it's tight, where if you get that one or two opportunities, you're able to take it. And, and that's to me this, I know we're what June, end of June, beginning of July. It's, it's crazy to think, you know, playoffs right now, but this match, how it was played, is something that you could see being played, uh, you know, in, in, in a playoff type setting where it's two heavyweight teams, two equal teams. Um, I think that was the other big thing, you know, especially you know if you follow uh, USL Tactics, John. Um, he mentioned that you know this just showed that you know both teams are equal. Um, you know, I'll be the first to admit we got a lucky goal. Uh, you know, the goal that we got, you know, as you mentioned, one in a million. Um, you know, where, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great cross, which, you know, which Didi created, you know, the space to be able to do that. The defender stepped back. He took the opportunity to cross it in. And that's sometimes one of the big frustrations, you know, not only from us, but I was listening to hammering down, um, you know, that, that had as, you know, Chris Walker and, um, uh, Seth Biddle, uh, uh, you know, from New Mexico on and in New Mexico and, and, and Legion, both of them also kind of struggle with the same thing that we do where you, you, you have an opportunity, but you don't take the shot. And, and I think with this one here, 
San Antonio benefited from, you know, you know, from being able to get, you know, get the lucky goal going in because it was a lucky goal. You know, yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. But to me, the the story of the match, Haji Berry, he had highlights, but I, I don't think, you know, at least my perception, LSMO, their 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 top player that they brought in from RGV, um, had a very quiet game. And Misha Naglina um, also had a very, you know, uh, very, very quiet game. And, and outside of the PC yellow card that, no offense, I think he was lucky he didn't get a red card. I know he didn't mean to, but number one, he was kicking the ball away to waste time. And unfortunately, dude, it, it nailed Naglina right in the head. And, and like I said here, I thought we were very lucky that PC didn't, you know, didn't see more than, than yellow on that, you know, myself here. But, um, you know, I know I was at the game and that was right in front of us. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> it, 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 it hit him right in the back of the head. And thankfully, you know, he got up and, and no damage. And I know PC immediately afterwards, you know, after he kicked it was like, you know, crap, you know, he did not mean to do it or anything. It was just, you know, just bad luck, you know, but he's still, you know, any other ref, I'm wondering if, if, if PC, you know, sees a red on that. Yeah. Um, because that, you know, just to be fair, that, that was a dangerous play. If, if you're kicking the ball and, and unfortunately it hits somebody straight in the back of the head, that, 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 that to me, you know, you know, even as a SAFC fan, I was like, Oh, that, that wasn't, that wasn't good. On PC. <laughs> that was a good thing. And then, and then the, and the one thing also concerning in this game was the injuries. Yes, and it's for both teams actually. Yeah, Cam you know, Lindley, uh, you know he had to be carried. He, he was I don't know if he had to be carried, but uh, um, you know you know good sportsmanship by Kamiri uh, and, and their trainer, you know helping him off the pitch, carrying him off. Um, I did see Cam um, after the match here because I was over with the checks and the, and the checks gave Cam and, and his wife, uh, you know. Um, a gift because they had recently got married uh, for that here. But, yeah, Cam had a hamstring. Um, and then, uh, let's see here, uh, Larrera, I think, was more of a hamstring as well, or groin area okay. uh, where he was reaching. And uh, Didi, who just subbed on, um, unfortunately also was subbed right back out uh, for that because he came out on the 46th minute and went out in the 62nd minute. And, what was probably one of the strangest um, plays where he was going down the sideline and he just he basically kicked the ball out and then, and then signaled, you know, to be. Um, but he came, you know, he was upset. So, you know, he's the one that I'm kind of concerned about because he came over. He wasn't, you know, he you could tell he was upset and, you know, he just sat down and the trainers came over and, and start to, you know, started to work on him. So, Hopefully it's more just the initial reaction of, you know, you know, him feeling some tightness or something and then knowing, Hey, I need to get out, you know, after just coming on um, and missing out some minutes, but you know, he has had some injury. I think he's had some injury issues some right, injuries. Um, for that here. The good news. Um, and I'll say this here, uh, you know, for us here with Larrera, with, with uh, Didi, with, you know, I know Dylan has an illness. Um, after this week, where we got Tulsa on Tuesday, Charleston on on uh, on Saturday, I believe the second, right? The second, I believe that's the second. Yeah. Um, they don't play again until um, the July 16th. 16th. So, so they'll yeah. have 
two full weeks to kind of rest and recover um, for that here. So that, you know, that's a blessing for us that we got this break coming through. And as you, to me, you, you brought this up that, you know, when we had the, the, the uh, Liga MX friendly, normally during this window, we'll have a Liga MX friendly coming in, but because they're kicking off, um, at least at this time, there are no announced matches. So, you know, the team, you know, the team will be able to get healthy. Um, and, you know, for that here in regards to the injuries. So any thoughts on, on the injuries like Didi's or, or, um, or uh, Lorera's, you know, you know, with, with, you, with your experience? Yeah, I think, I think Lorera's more, more with the groin. Hopefully, and that's one injury you don't want to have because the, that one you just, even if you feel good, you can always re-aggravate it. Tweet, so yeah. hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully it's maybe it's just a little strain. Hopefully it's not pulled. Didi's was kind of a little strange, and I wonder if he stepped wrong. And I noticed him that we were, you know, playing on turf. You know, we were kind of losing our food in a little bit. Um, so I wonder if, you know, kind of similar with Cam in the injury as well, too. Uh, I guess just the stepping wrong, stepping wrong might have kind of triggered something that he, he just was not comfortable with. And I think one other uh, thing I was kind of a little concerned going into this game was the altitude. You know, you know, how are we, you know, how are the players going to be able to adjust playing the altitude there in Colorado? And I mean, I think they they handled it well. So, and I was kind of concerned about, you know, them players getting tired, worn out, but uh, you can see that our players are in really good shape as far as, you know, conditioning wise. So, you know, kudos to the training staff there. So, but hopefully, like I said, you know, coming in the Tuesday game, you know, we'll get back and, you know, hopefully some of the players that, you know, I'm sure we're going to have Dylan back for Tuesday. I think he'll be back, you know, for that. And hopefully hopefully a couple of other players will too because we really need to get healthy back again because I, th I think once we're 100% healthy, I don't think there's a team that can really challenge us. I mean, there'll be some challenges, but I don't think there's a team that can challenge us if we're at full strength. It'll be interesting. So to kind of, you know, kind of a um, quick look at the standings here. Uh, Memphis, they're just chugging along. They had two wins this week, a 2-0 win over Tulsa and a 2-0 win over Detroit City. Uh, they actually have the best record in the league or, you know, at most points at this point. Uh, they played one more match than us. They're at 35 points uh, for that here. Louisville at 33 points, uh, you know, got a 2-0 win on ESPN over Hartford. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, got a convincing win over the Riverhounds, uh, you know, 5-2 um, for that here. Detroit City um, technically on a winless streak, uh, four games now at this point, lost 2-0 uh, to, to, uh, to Memphis uh, for that here at 26 points. Birmingham Legion, they went into New Mexico and had a pretty convincing 2-0 win um, in, a, in a game that wasn't as close. Riverhounds are struggling, uh, not Phoenix Rising struggling yet, but, uh, you know, struggling the, the same here at 24 points. They've dropped down the standings, uh, looking really bad. Lost 3-0 to Charleston, lost at RGV 1-0, and then, you know, got pounded, at, you know, by Tampa. Uh, Indy 11 uh, ran into a buzzsaw against the Loyal 5-0. Uh, for that here, I watched part of that last night. You know, after you know scoring uh, through there, Miami FC lost to LA Galaxy um, to me, which was probably the surprise of the night. Three-one, 
Tulsa got a win over Charleston, who will play on Tuesday, and then we'll play Charleston on the following Saturday. Uh, Loudon lost to Orange County. Uh, Hartford, you know, lost to Louisville. Atlanta United lost to Oakland Roots three to one. Uh, Charleston, as we discussed, lost to Tulsa, and the Red Bulls got blown out in El Paso uh, for that here. So looking out west, San Antonio uh, jumps ahead of the Switchbacks at thirty-four points, thirty-three. Uh, Loyal are the team that I think is kind of sneaky, uh, sneaking up um, on on th that'll be interesting. Uh, the Fighting Land of Donovan's at twenty-eight points. Uh, Sacramento. Uh, what can you say about Sacramento? What what a huge week for them. Uh, they're you know they they beat the LA Galaxy in Open Cup play. Uh, came back uh, to beat Monterey because Monterey jump did jump out to a one-zero lead. Uh, they came back on the road and and defeated there. They've also beat San uh, San Antonio as well. El Paso. You know what can you say? Five-zero win over the Red Bulls. They handled business at home. Uh, for that here, I think they've got um, uh, RGV coming up next on the 29th in a Copa Tejas uh, match here. Hopefully they tie. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Uh, New Mexico United had their five-game uh, winning streak snapped uh, by Birmingham Legion. The Lights, 3-2 uh, winner over Rising in, in a game that wasn't even that competitive uh, for that here. Roots at 24 uh, points, Galaxy at 24 points, RGV. Uh, they had their game against New Mexico uh, postponed, uh, rescheduled to, I want to say, was it July 6th? I want to say here. So, yeah, they'll play July 6th in New Mexico and then turn around and play July 9th in New Mexico. So, enjoy the uh, week in Albuquerque there, uh, RGV. Uh Phoenix rising. Um, you mean Phoenix falling? <laughs> holy cow! Oh, so and it's worse. I don't. I I don't know if you follow. Uh, was it PHNX uh, rising? Uh, you know, with uh, Owen and Ruben. You know, they do a great job on, on covering rising. They had an interview with Rick Rick Chance, and, and Owen asked him, you know, because you know, Owen's kind of like our Jonathan Check that goes to all the games, and he asked him, so, you know, you know, when do you think that you're going to feel pre you know feel pressure? And uh, the coach said, well, I've got a contract for two years, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, okay. And then he turns around and is like, well, it's the players. The players aren't doing this. The coaching staff's giving them everything that they can, you know, you know, the, you know, training and blah, 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 blah. It's the players that aren't, aren't doing it. And I was just like, wow, it's, if rising, rising plays Orange County this week, uh, who, who is 12th, um, and Orange County got, you know, got a win against Loudoun United, which, uh, Phoenix rising couldn't do, um, if if Rising doesn't get a win, because I believe that match is 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 in Phoenix, uh, yeah, it is in Phoenix, July second. Watch out! Yeah, I don't know if they make a change just because you know they do have that. He you know Rick Chance does have that two, you know two year contract. They'll um, buy him out. But to me, he he took out King at half because of performance issues, which is the captain. And you and I, you and I have seen, uh, you know, King uh, play from his time here. He, you know, he's a great leader. 
Epps had his best half, um, and they still came up short. And then Monterey Bay, like I said, it's their first year. That you know, you can tell they're an ex- expansion team and, and struggling. And, and, and sorry for the fighting uh, Gleedles, uh, you know, for that here. But to me, to me, the story, the story was the San Antonio Colorado Springs match, and, and you know how San Antonio was able to go on the road and get it. The story of the West is is the fall is the fall of Rising at this point. Um, you know, four matches outside of the two matches that they played us. They really haven't looked good. Um, it, you know, it's 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 one of the you know, and I know Robert kind of hates this because he, he, he and I have kind of talked about how it sucks. We can't really talk trash to Rising because they're going to come back and say, "Well, we beat you twice." Yeah. <laughs> well, those two games that we lost to them. Well, the first one we just because of injuries. We didn't have any forwards. Yeah. Was, yeah, and then the second one. It was just an off night for because we dominated that game. We just couldn't put anything in the net. I think had we put it, I think we put some goals in the net. I think the results are a little bit different. But I think I think he's lost this team. Like I said, money can't buy everything, and I think that was their attitude. Like, well, we can buy all the best players. We're gonna win, and you know we should take care of business because they had that little that little uh, little aura, that little mystique about them. You know, being the the kind of quote unquote the elite team of the West and. It's just all falling apart, and I can just hearing those comments from the coach. Uh, uh, yeah, you have a two-year country, but that doesn't mean they can't fire you and still. I mean, yeah, you're going to still get paid, but well, it's that, and then to me, it's 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 that. Hey, I've got a two-year contract, and then Owen asks, and I forget his exact uh, you know line of questioning, but then he turns back and says, "We as a staff are doing everything everything right that we can. It's the players." You're throwing your players under the bus. You're saying, hey, it's not me. It's true. I mean, but, be, be, me being a coach, and here's here's the thing. When I, I I think when we – well, my theory, my, my philosophy was like if we lose, it's, it uh, it was my fault because I didn't do enough to – to make to make things happen, but I think I think the players also come into play. You know they have to buy into your system and they have to buy into what you're trying to do, and it seems like there's a big disconnect. I think he's probably he's probably lost more likely lost, you know, you know the team, the the locker room, and and you know who, I don't know. You know it's kind of maybe a little similar situation which we kind of had had here. With, with the power, power coaching power. staff, yeah, yeah, but this is a lot worse, you know. This and... is more public. Um, yeah. To to me, it's one thing to say that it's the players because it is the players. You know, the the coaching staff puts them in a position. The other issue is is these are these are Rick Shant's players. Um, he's the one that brought them in. He's the one that puts the system together. Are they executing as well as they should? No. Um, you can tell by the record that they're not, but when you got Devin Kerr, um, one of the lead announcers for, you know, for USL talking about the effort, when you've got some of the most diehard fans talking about the lack of effort or the, there's no desire to play for the badge, you know, basically that says something. And and to me, mm-hmm. that goes to coaching. And, and one thing that, that Rick Shantz and, and, I love him because he's a, unlike our, you know, I like Alan Marcina. You know, I've, I've been a huge fan of Alan Marcina since, you know, the, the Scorpions years, 
but you don't get anything out, out of them. Rick's chance is the opposite, where you probably get too much. Um, and earlier in the year when they lost to Vegas the first time, he mentioned that maybe we took them a little bit light. And, you know, to me, when you, when you look at when you look at rising season as a whole, that's where that's where it comes back to. And let's not forget, this is the first year without uh, Solomon Sante, that, mm-hmm. that leadership on, 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 on the pitch. And I and I'm not a rising fan. Um, I follow them close like I follow RGV and, and, and you know, a lot of the other teams here. And maybe you can speak to this. Having that on-field coach, kind of, uh, kind of like PC, kind of like Abu, I think, has stepped into that role. Maloney, where you've got that leadership that that's on that pitch. That that if things aren't going right, they get in your face to say, "Hey, yeah," in, in a respectful manner. We've got to turn this around. Yeah. I don't see that with Rising, you know, this year. And I'm wondering, you know. Yes, Salma Sante is not the same player that he was, but his leadership, I, I, for me personally, I think his leadership missing is what's wrong with rising right now. It's because they've got talent. It's not a talent issue. Um, it's it, it's it's a leadership issue. And, and I think Rich Chance is a good coach, but I think you also need that that coach on the on the pitch. And I don't know if Rising has that at this point. And it, and Maybe you can speak to this, you know, where it's just as important to have that great coach on the sideline, but it may be even more important to have that that leadership or that coach on the pitch that, you know, I haven't played at a, you know, at a high level or anything like that. But to me, I think that's an important factor that, that Rising's missing. I, I think leadership comes up as a big role when it comes with your teams. And I know like we might, the last thing that I coach with, you know, you know, when I had some, you know, players, high flash, you know, one of my top leading scorer, you know, he had, you know, he had a little ego, but hey, you know, that's just what you expect from forwards. But the great thing about like what I had on the team is I had leadership and, and we had people to kind of bring people back down to earth. And that's what I think what Phoenix is missing. I don't think, I don't think that bent the, that locker room, has has anybody that can step up and you know maybe you know King's probably the one that should probably be the one that be, should be stepping up and well he is a captain him. yeah he is a cat yeah he is a captain but he's just not showing it but then also the coaching staff you know he's just showing up too much of his ego and that's a big difference between him and Marc- Marcina doesn't show his ego he's more of a humble he's very humble about things and he's just very you know he he, he says you know you know he tells it like it is, but he doesn't go too far beyond, you know, and he doesn't put the blames in, in as far as the players and this and that, you know, he, he kind of takes, you know, if something goes wrong, he, he kind of takes the blame for it and all that, but that's just, you know, his style. I think if Phoenix is going to kind of get out of this, I think they're going to have to make a coaching change. I think, I think what he's done there, I think it's already ran its course and I think they need, a, I think they need to hit the reset button and, maybe get rid of a couple of those players that are just not producing and bring in players that are going to, I guess, quote unquote, fight for the badge. And they, they're, they're, they don't have that. And, 
if they lose this game against Orange County, I, I think that they have to make that change or not. You know, you can kind of write them out from the playoffs. I don't think they'd be able to recover from this. I'm, so, I'm going di- to disagree on that just because just if you look at the West standings, you've got three teams at 28 points. You've got two teams at 25, two teams at 24, RGV, you know, at 22, Phoenix is at 21. So basically from three to 11 is what a seven point swing. Mm-hmm. We're 16, 17 games in. So we're at the midpoint of the season. I, I know Rising's lost four in a row, but if they turn around and put two to three good results together, they've got the talent. So the question that, 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 it, you know, and I know this is something that, that rising fans are talking about. Something has to change and you're, you're not getting rid of all the players. Um, no. Coach Sants, you know, and from the front, you know, it seems like from the front office and ownership seem to be kind of, seem to be kind of set in their ways. To me, I wonder if it's if it's going to be like you know Darren Powell's last year, where you knew something was off, you knew change needs to needed to be be made, but it just the two sides were too stubborn to do anything, you know, uh, you know for for whatever reason. Um, I still contend if 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 SAFC lets Powell go earlier, that that you know you know three quarters worth the season. I think San Antonio had the talent. I think you get that new higher, new higher bump, you know, you know, from a manager, because it would have been Marcin at that point. He would have been able to kind of put his stamp in kind of, you know, kind of relight, relight the fuse. But yeah, for, for rising, if you've, if you've lost the locker room, I don't know how you get that back. Yeah. Well, remember there was one game that we had, the Marcina was a head coach because, mm-hmm. and, and you can tell that you can tell the and difference. They won. And they, they won, won that game, and they really played their butts off. And I think Phoenix needs to. I think their GM and VPs need to realize. You know what? We need a change now, and see what happens. If we make it, great. If we don't, okay, we'll hit the restart button on the early off season. And bring in the right players and the right coaches to fix this. And like I said, they're you know they have the talent, but that if you can't put the pieces together or, or they're not going to gel together, you know, it's like I said, it's a sinking ship. And I, I honestly think they have to make the change if they're going to at least contend to get even the last spot of the playoffs. And and that thing, one thing is they're losing to teams that sh- they shouldn't be losing. Right, they lost to Loudoun United, and it wasn't, yeah, that, it wasn't even. It wasn't even. The final score was close, but it was four-one. They they ended up coming back and making it four-three. Even the 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 second half against against the lights here, I want to say they were down three-one. Mm. I, I want to say. Hold on, let me see the scoring. Uh, so so yeah, they were down two-zero at half. Santi Moore got one in the 55th minute and then Treo came on and got the, you know, the, the third one at the 75th and they quickly answered in the 79th with an assist by Epps and, and then, you know, played out from there. But 
to me, like I said here, and I know we're not a rising podcast here, but let, let's be honest. Uh, that That is the story, you know, as much as, you know, I, I want to say, hey, it's all about San Antonio and, and be, you know, be like a Detroit City fan. Um, the new the news of USL Championship at this point is, you know, is the status of what's going on in Phoenix. And I will also add what's going on in Sacramento, uh, where you know they've they're going in for a deep deep run. They host Kansas City um, in the next uh, next round of the Open Cup, the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, now they won't be able to host the finals. That would either go to Nashville, Orlando, whoever wins between them, or New York City. I do think it would be interesting if New York City won. Where, where, you know, you know, won against, and it was against Sacramento. Where is that game going to be played at? Is it going to be played at Yankee Stadium, or are they going to have to borrow, go to, go to Connecticut, or, or go to Red Bulls Arena uh, again? But you know, you know, much success. You know, I, I know Sacramento beat us in a very tight match. Uh, you know, along those lines here, that I think for San Antonio FC fans feel, you know, a little bit. Uh, undone but you know sacramento like i said they're on a heck of a run uh you know they beat us they beat detroit city um there you know and, and of course you know they you know beat um both uh, la galaxy the first team and the second team um as well as monterey bay but to me those are the the two big stories and uh you know of usl championship uh any any uh anything else that sticks out to you usl wise this is because it just it's a, another exciting season craziness you know team you know like i say we're seeing teams that normally they're kind of on the bottom they're kind of a little contented like loudon loudon's win they had a couple of great wins um so you can't take anybody lightly in this league because you never know who can come up you know get you on the night and so forth and luckily for us we haven't taken anybody lightly you know we're not making comments like well we took him lightly. It was just an off night. Well, and it, it happened again. Deja vu happened again for Phoenix on that. So um, it's gonna, like I said, it's gonna come down to the wire. Look, for, hopefully for us, like I said, we just need to keep keep on winning our games because I know towards the end it's gonna get, <laughs> it's gonna get, it's gonna be tough. But hey, you know those are the games that we want, and and those are gonna that's gonna be the measuring stick of how well you know, we're gonna do in the playoffs. Can we do another run to get to the Western Conference final? So speaking of San Antonio's schedule, uh, and I don't want to disrespect the opponents, especially our first one, FC Tulsa, but the schedule gets, if you're looking at the standings, gets much easier. We get three straight matches uh, against teams from the East. Uh, We have the Tuesday match at 8 o'clock against FC Tulsa. We have Matt Shelton and Charleston Battery coming in on July 2nd. And then we get Atlanta United 2 on on, uh, July 16th. I want nine points out of those three matches. Um, very worse, I think you can get a seven, but I think you need you need all nine points, uh, in, in my opinion. You go on the road, uh, which I think you and I are going to uh, El Paso, uh, you know, after that. And then they wrap up July with a Wednesday match uh, against at Vegas, which we've seen can be tough, especially if they have Jennings. And um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, uh, uh, Daniel Trail. Trail. Going to be a uh, full night there on the sidelines. 
<laughs> well, last night they had the uh, water balloons. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, wrapping up uh, July, you know, they have uh, LA Galaxy. So um, to me, like I said here, you know, two, uh, two away matches, four home matches. The four home matches are, in my opinion, very winnable. Um, the two way matches are tricky, um, playing at El Paso, El Paso's figured it out. Uh, the, you know, they're playing a lot better. They're getting healthy. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know if you, you saw this here, uh, but Sebastian Velasquez, uh, you know, he tweeted out that, uh, last night's match against the Red Bulls was the first match that his mom got to see him play as a professional in 11 years. So that's an, you know, I'm a huge uh, Seba fan, uh, even though he plays for El Paso, but that's an awesome story. You know, I don't know the, the backstory behind it, but you know, you have to have a feeling that his mom and, and parents put in a lot of effort for him to become a professional. And then for 11 years, not to be able to see him play for, I'm assuming probably could, you know, she doesn't live in the United States most likely uh, <coughs> for her to be able to finally get to watch a match. It's a great story, uh, you know, you know about the game. But uh, August will be much tougher. Um, but for July, it's going to be hot as as it's been. Uh, Tuesday is an ESPN two game. So if you haven't got tickets, get tickets. If you can bring a friend, bring a friend. Uh, it's you know you know. Um, uh, there is one more match for, you know, for, was it playing for pride or pride raiser, depending on which, which, uh, I know Sam Claydell is playing for pride. And I know, uh, the, you know, members of the Crocketeers have put together the, uh, the pride raiser, uh, for that here. So, uh, if you can sign up, uh, for it here, if you go under the, the, uh, pull it up here. Was it SAFC fan? Uh, SAFC or San Antonio fan. Yeah, SA Fan Collective uh, on Twitter. Uh, they put together a pride raiser uh, along those lines here um, for, uh, you know, you know, pledge per goal for the month of June. And I know we're almost done uh, through the month of June uh, along those lines here. But, uh, uh, you know, like I said here, it is something that, Got started late, and I know uh, hopefully the, the three supporters groups, um, you know, Mission City, because, you know, have heard rumblings that, that uh, they're, you know, they're kick-starting uh, to get back, you know, back together more public. Uh, 210 and the Crocketeers are working together to, you know, try to bring awareness uh, of, of uh, that, uh, that, that topic for, you know, for uh, Pride Month here, which... We still got five, four more days on uh, for that here for you know, for the month of June. Um, however, uh, you know, for a lot of uh, you know a lot of us that have uh, family members, uh, Pride Month isn't just a month; it's it, it continues uh, every, every day. Rafa, final thoughts. Uh, we we uh, went over the uh, hour mark uh, because of the the rising conversation. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts from you? Just final thoughts. Um, you know, like I said, uh, for make sure you guys are out there for Tuesday's game should be fun. Weather should be a little bit better. Might have may get some rain <laughs> instead of the hundred degree weather. 
And I think it's two dollar hot dog night too. I believe. Yes, two dollar hot dog night. Yes. So get your hot dog fix on. Um, so it should be a fun game. Hopefully we'll get the three points and and also uh, found that starting my vacation. I'm excited about it. <laughs> get to rest after <laughs> being eight months on the road. So I, I definitely need some rest. And then and also just final thought. Like I said, I want to send my uh, condolences to my my grand uncle Johnny Reese. Um, he passed away this week, um, cancer and, you know, cancer sucks and hopefully we can find a cure for that. And just one of the reasons, like I said, he was my grandmother's youngest brother, uh, very close to my dad. They're around the same age. And like I said, I just want to send my condolences to my granddad and my, you know, my cousins and so forth. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you guys. And hopefully I'll get to get, see you guys soon. And, and let's, Hey, let's pack up the house on Tuesday night. It'll be fun. Like I said, we need another win and our team needs our support and, we're going to start getting into that grind, that summer grind here to get us. You know, hopefully, we can stay on top on, on the on the standards. Yeah. So my final thought: get out and vote. Register people to vote. Um, you know, just it, 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 we're at a we're at a crossroads. Uh, what kind of country do we want to be? Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, to me, human life. You know the women's right to be able to control their body, the right to marry who you want to marry, you know, you know, is, is important. Um, you know, except here, if you're like me, that's, you know, you want small government, we are heading in a direction as anything but a small government um, along those lines here. So please get out to vote. Uh, please come out and support, you know, San Antonio FC, um, please, if, you know, if you have interest, you know, reach out to the Crocketeers mission, uh, mission city, uh, one eighteen two ten. Um, you, you know, if, if you want to go down to the bunker, uh, they, they always have ways to, or they always have means and, and be able to help you get into there. Uh, because Tulsa is a huge match, uh, coming up. I'm going to see if I can reach out to, uh, some of you know, my friends on Tulsa, maybe later on today. Uh, try to have a conversation with them uh, for that here. Big news out of Tulsa, Sam Dorr uh, took over uh, as president. So maybe not this year, uh, but uh, I'd be on the lookout for Tulsa in the future. Uh, I think, you know, like I said, the new ownership is doing things right. They unfortunately released their coach uh, last, I want to say last week here, um, you know, for that here. And, I wish it was after the San Antonio FC match, but uh, we'll see here. But Tuesday night should should be a fun match. Tulsa San Antonio is always sneaky good. Um, San Antonio had uh, the big got off to a great start in the head to head. Recently, it's been Tulsa that has uh, the 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 the, the uh, better results against San Antonio. Uh, should be an interesting match uh, for that here. Uh, ESPN two. Uh, let's let's put on a good show. Uh, for that here, I know AJ's bringing a couple of his friends, uh, so that'll be exciting uh, for him to, you know, to be able to you know, bring his friends to the match. But want to thank everybody for tuning in. Sorry for the technical issues uh, for it here. I forgot to turn off the VPN from last night, uh, so evidently that was playing some uh, some issues with the internet. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, or why, but uh, that's above my pay grade. But uh, it turned it off. And, and Video suddenly uh, turned out to be much better uh, for that here. So thank you, Matt, for pointing it out. Uh, sorry, uh, 
sorry the technical issues i'll get this uploaded and like i said here uh rafa and i are uh, and hopefully royce will be able to join us or robert uh we may have a midweek show uh to go over the tulsa match and then to kind of take a quick look at the charleston battery but uh <coughs> excuse me thank you for everybody tuning in what's life without goals we're out